Hello, and welcome to something new. This is going to be very interesting. We are going to be playing an Earth Dawn game. I don't know if you guys know what Earth Dawn is, but if you remember a little while ago, we played a game called Overshadow, and that was using the Shadowrun system. Now, Earth Dawn is in the Shadowrun universe. Kinda. Something. It's like Shadowrun, bit. but <laughs> like little. in the past. Sort of, but they're also owned by different companies, so it's really confusing. But uh, to explain everything to you in a little more detail, I'm going to introduce you to someone new. Uh, do you want to go ahead and say hello, Rob? Hello. Hey, so Rob is going to be our guest GM for this campaign, and it is going to be super, super fun. Campaign is a little bit of a strong term for this. We're going to play a one-shot, and it's going to be lots of fun. But uh, yeah, uh, Rob's going to be our guest GM. Do they call them GMs in this system? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. So Rob, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us a little bit about the system before we get started? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm just like you guys, a podcaster. I mean, the uh, the podcast I started a couple of years ago is in a completely different genre. I actually have a podcast called Songbirding that's entirely recorded outdoors uh, as um, a birding podcast. But um, when I joined the Cast Chunky server, I found a lot of friendly people playing actual plays, which I'd never heard of before. And that led me back into playing RPGs again, because I just never thought of the concept of people doing recordings for RPGs, playing over Discord or something like that. I'd completely foreign to me. I thought that, you know, when I used to play the system way back 15 years ago, longer than that, uh, it was always in person. And after a certain amount of time, I was like, well, I don't have time to organize and get everyone together in person anymore. So just probably won't be able to do that again. But when I found APs, yeah, that helped uh, bring that back for me. And uh, I started an AP last year called Name Givers based on using the Earth Dawn as a basis of the system. That's awesome. I really love how, like, like you said, something as simple as remote play, like, rekindled something like that, you know? Exactly. And it's the whole, like, theater of the mind style. Yeah. We, when I GM'd way back in the day, we always played that way anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't know the term. Like, mm -hmm. we didn't really use miniatures or maps very much. We were just around the table describing things. Yeah. So it, it was just so logical once we figured out, oh, yeah, you can just do this. And I can play with the same people I played with years ago, too, and they're a couple hours drive away and uh, not practical to meet up with, especially with COVID. It's so yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Did you, did uh, you oh, start yeah. Your, yeah. your show during COVID? Yeah. Yes, uh, because we actually first started just playing casually. And uh, at the time I had in my head, maybe I want to do an AP someday, but I don't know. I don't know how good of a GM I am, but... Um, it, what spurred me on was like, at first I didn't entirely understand the actual play format because like, how do you even do that? And then I found out there was an Earth Dawn one. So I was like, oh, I know that system because I never actually played D&D way back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about where you grew up. I grew up in a rural area and I only knew a few people. So I'd heard of d and I'd seen some books, but all I thought was, I thought they were just books of stats and I didn't understand that. Whereas Earth Dawn at the time came with a full story, mm. uh, full world uh, universe that goes with the system. Mm -hmm. built into it and they all are interweaved together so i understood that and yeah when i heard earth on actual play i was like okay i get this now so when we got our group back together i was like i'd like to record some just to see how i'm doing as a gm because i can't reflect back on that after the set after this the session without like just being all memory bias and all that so i thought you know i'd have a recording listen to it see how i'm doing and eventually like i just discovered i was like wow you know, it's not that bad. It's doing all right. The players are amazing. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. why not? There's only one Earth on AP out there. And they were like, they can't release all the time because they, they only play once a month or so. Uh -huh, gotcha. And they, they're actually way backlogged right now and they're doing great work. It's just, they're really backlogged. So I thought, you know what, let's relieve some burden off them and let's, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> release some more with this. So yeah. it was really fun to do. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. And what, what is that other show? If you don't mind. Uh, name givers. Name givers. Okay, cool, cool. Wait, wait, other wait, other show or his show? Uh, yeah. What is what is the other show you mentioned? Name givers is yours, right? Name givers is mine. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The other show that I first originally um, 
just finally understood the AP genre when I listened <laughs> to it was called is called Legends of Earth Dawn. Legends of Earth. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. So if anyone wants to go and listen to another Earth Dawn one, if you enjoy this, you can go check out Name Givers if you want to give a real quick uh, explanation of that, or you can go check out Legends of Earth Dawn. Yeah, for the Name Givers one, we have uh, right now it's four players. We started with five, uh, lost kind of two of them, and gained one, and it's um, it's it's just really fun. We you know we're all friends we we have a lot of fun with it we actually record nearly weekly we have like short little two-hour sessions and i've gone consistently for over a year now and i actually have a giant backlog because of that because i (laughs) probably never catch up (laughs) yeah because i I think i literally have about nine sessions worth which will turn into about 18 episodes that aren't edited yet um and we have like you know several that are edited already and ready to go there's already like 50 episodes so it's yeah there's a lot and uh that's awesome. It's really fun to do just to look back and see how I've changed as a GM and learn stuff over time. And yeah, your guys' show has helped a ton. Like, cause I found that when I first started listening to Thornvale, I was like the, you know, not just how good of a GM Susanna is, but also just the system having a narrative system. I never had heard of such a thing before. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, just the techniques, uh, it's just one of the things that I love about APs now is I can listen to other GMs because I was almost never a player. <laughs> and uh gotcha. way oh. back in the day i had almost no exposures to any gm so i never knew if i was doing anything well or good enough other than people wanted me to come back and gm again yeah so awesome <laughs> well i actually think you're a great gm i've actually gotten the chance oh, to thanks. play with you before that was a lot we, of fun yes we had Susanna as a guest for several episodes yeah, <laughs> yeah we d- it was really fun um definitely go listen to name givers because that was just super fun <laughs> I had one of my best like one-liners that I've ever done in anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away, but it was great. no spoilers. But yeah, that was great. That was so funny. We we're all laughing so hard after that. But yeah, all right. So um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the system, but if you just want to give like a very brief like two-minute explanation, just so we know what we're doing when we when we talk about all this uh these points. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a podcast I listened to called the Earth Dawn Survival Guide, which is just about the system. And they have like this Earth Dawn uh, elevator pitch. And the way they kind of described it as, and I am mis- kind of missing the cultural reference because I stopped playing video games for a while and just came back to it recently. But they describe it as fantasy fallout, oh, okay. basically. Yeah, that actually uh, that makes make sense. sense. That does track, yeah. Which um, apparently a little known fact is the, the development team behind Fallback originally wanted to license the IP of Earth Dawn for it. And oh. then they changed their mind at the last minute and decided to make it sci-fi instead. So they oh, wow. Interesting. interesting. So, That's very yeah, there's interesting. a It's kind of funny they didn't just go there. for Shadowrun at that point. Yeah. Then. Yeah, Shadowrun had at that point been sold to Tops, I think. So yeah, so Fantasy Fallout is one uh, description used. And um, kind of how classes work in the game is that they are an in-universe thing. You, you do actually say, I am a wizard of the third circle. Or something like that. You do say, I am an illusionist of the fifth circle, etc. It's actually a thing in game. Um, just like think of a black belt system kind of thing. It's like uh, that. It's like that's how people consider themselves. It's part of the story that you are weaving magic from that discipline that is magic from several users all weaved together across the world, connected. And you're giving yourself kind of, you're tying into those magic powers that um, all the player characters are adepts, which are a, you know, elite. Uh, individuals who are born with innate magic and connect um, with their discipline through that magic. Not everyone has it, but um, probably the equivalent to the number of people who are athletes. That, that is one analogy used. Cool. And they use magic in a lot more like you would describe uh, in the Force in Star Wars. That's kind of how it's used, is like a good analogy for it. Gotcha. Sweet. Cool. All right. Yeah. So I think that is a pretty good description and i think i'm gonna go ahead and hand it over to you and uh go ahead and take us on a magical adventure so i have like a little mini prologue for this i don't tend to do written stuff too much but i just love to have a little opening so we'll go with that in the former theron province of barsave life for the average name giver is now pretty good the scourge a magical high tide event that brought monstrous creatures known as the horrors from distant pockets of astral space has been over for a century. Although many still hide deep underground in towns known as Cares, uncertain if the world outside is still safe yet, those who have left their care or descended from those who left the Cares 
now know a life without the horrors. For them, the threats are much more natural or cultural. Interpersonal conflicts, politics, and the always looming threat of the Empire of Thera returning to claim their lost province from the protection of the Dwarven Kingdom of Thrall. The Scourge changed the land, and it changed the people, spending generations in communities composed of multiple name-giving races, known as name-givers, has created a greater understanding between them all. Barsave is a land of temperate climate. Save for the mountainous regions of the molten lava landscape of the Death Sea, the summers are warm and the winters are mild. Uh, where we begin, though, is in the Servos jungle, in the center of Barsave. It is a lush ecosystem with many secrets, both unnatural and natural. It is raining heavily in the center of a small hamlet of a half dozen buildings bounded on the west by a fast-flowing emerald river and on the east by a large clearing with untended crops overrun by weeds. We see two figures running, seemingly for their lives. Residents of the village peer out their windows, wondering where these two might be headed. All that exists where they are headed, though, is a long, weeks-long trek to the Kingdom of Thrall. They both stop suddenly, as an unnaturally deep voice booms out. They don't realize it, but they are the only two that can hear it. Tell this commission of yours that Care Flaxworth and the whole of the Emerald Valley shall no longer be their concern. The two figures look at one another, then continue running east on the long, long road to the Kingdom of Thrall. Ooh, that's Ooh. our prologue. Ooh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. So I was thinking of starting that's with intense. Wesley. Uh, Wesley, your character, what's your character's name, by the way? Um, actually, I figured this out as of earlier today because I was going through tons <laughs> of different variations and I realized I hadn't given him one. But uh, his name is is actually Saliak. So um, is Saliak someone who sleeps in? Or um, gets up early, you think? I think um, it, it it entirely depends upon his uh, upon his mood. I think he if he if he has a a reason to be to be up or just finds himself awake, then sure. But unless there's a great need, I doubt he he sets a kind of alarm because he doesn't really have a you know oh I have a I have a job that I go to every day. No, no, he doesn't. He's something of um. Well, I mean, you could say you could say a, you could say a wanderer at this point. Very nice. And you have a companion, right? Uh, Someone you travel with. Um, yes, yes, I do. And I, be I believe that's uh, not my purview. So um, would my companion like <laughs> yes. to step in? Andrew, would you like to introduce your character? Yes. So I am playing a character whose name is Thravek Deepdelver. Mm. He is a dwarf, which uh, people probably know by now from other things we've done, is my favorite fantasy race, so I couldn't help myself. Um, how how far into my character do you want me to go? Just very brief? Or, uh... Wesley, what uh, what is uh, your character's race? Uh, yes, actually, this is, uh, this is going to be a first for me. Um, I'm going to be playing an elf. Um, I've never played an elf before, so this is going to be rather interesting. Yeah, the from from what I you know I'm, I I can go into appearance laterish, but yes, he's a he's an elf, very uh rather tall elf, around around six foot. And um, the reason I bring Andrew into this is you two are probably traveling together, and just wondering if uh, uh, Andrew's character remind me of the name again. Ah, oh, Thravak Deepdelver. Thravak and Saliak. <laughs> both both similar endings. Great, that's gonna be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Thravak and Saliak, all right. So is Thravak an early riser or also someone who I think just... he wouldn't necessarily be an early riser. I would say he just wakes up at, uh, I guess, an average time, you know? He doesn't sleep in, but he doesn't wake up before the crack of dawn either. Okay. So you two are staying at the Wobbly Wavern. Um, <laughs> it's this place in um, along a section of a town called Bartertown called the Red Alley. It's... Um, there, Barter Town is just outside the Kingdom of Thrall, which is a giant underground kingdom that has a, a huge gate uh, to the underground. It was during the Scourge, it was a giant care. Uh, the dwarves took in all races and just had a huge uh, city and lots of space down there. And over the last century, this town outside the gates, um, which is somewhat skirting the laws of the, uh, of, of the Kingdom of Thrall, this town called Barter Town, um, 
basically where you can buy and sell anything except for people. Um, they still follow um, Thrall's um, frowning upon of slavery and things like that. And um, I think you've been, you've been what, looking for uh, missions to do? Because I, I think, Andrew, we had discussed this before. You uh, like to seek items and things like that, correct? I do, yes. My uh, character, um, if you want, I can get into it really quick what my class is because that kind of helps. Yeah, let's just yeah. introduce your discipline. Yeah, or not class, you're right, discipline. Um, so yeah, my discipline is called Weaponsmith. So my character Ooh. is all about the history of like famous magical items. And like basically um, he is a smith himself, obviously by the discipline. He likes to go around and, you know, learn more about smithing techniques, items that have been made. You know, he just loves exploring and finding new awesome weapons to... Uh, catalog i guess is the only word i can think of like he likes to obtain them sometimes but he really gets uh he really gets excited about just learning about something new so and you've been traveling with um Saliak for a while mm -hmm. did i pronounce that right yes that is correct and um what is Saliak's driver in this as well like what's the what are the two of you why why do the two of you travel together uh actually the um the the chance for our meeting was rather um Rather intense, if I remember correctly, because yeah. uh, we um, we were we were both uh, on the trail of a of a very particular weapon, uh, a very particular uh, legendary weapon that each one of us wanted for very different reasons. He wanted it uh, just to study and find out more about. I wanted it so that I could use it for its intended purpose. Because, as my discipline states, I am a sword master. We both happened upon this around the same moment. Uh, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a standoff because we didn't know each other, and we thought each one of us thought that the other one was going to steal our prize we had spent so long trying to find. And then, eventually, we we came to we came to the understanding that it was not going to happen that way. And and since then, we have been uh, we have been traveling together because um, his skill set and uh, and mine actually complement each other fairly well because I can yeah. use the weapons and he, you know, he can forge them. It's a it's a good partnership, I think. Yes. I think we're basically just two weapon geeks who just like found each other on this hunt yep. and decided, "Hey, this guy's pretty cool. I think I'm going to travel with him and find more cool yeah. stuff." <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think like I think it's I think it's just one of those moments where you where you meet someone and after 5 minutes it's like, "Are we are we best friends?" Yes, I think we're best friends now. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we just become best friends. Yes. This in contrast to your previous one-shots, I think. <laughs> mm, very yes. much. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> this is the first time you two characters have ever yes, been friends is, before. This is like so, such a contrast to what normally happens to our characters. It's great. I yeah. love it. I don't know how it happens that way. It just always does. <laughs> I, I think what happens is that you, you two have been looking for leads, and um, one of the uh, leads you normally, one of those who usually contact you with leads is this uh, organization known as the Commission. The, the more formal name for that is the Throlic Commission on the Study of Horror Activity. And they occasionally give you leads and places to go to. And I think, Andrew, your character often, while not always finding the thing that you think you'll find, always finds something useful there. And I think, uh, Saliak, you also tend to find an adventure no matter what. Uh, through that and a yeah. tale to tell which sword masters are all about the tales to tell and the, mm -hmm. the flair and all that and I, so i think you get woken up by a uh, a breakfast bell coming from the tavern downstairs uh, and you you got your own room and you wake up and uh, we'll say it's kind of midsummer so it's a bit dry out and um, you can hear hustle and bustle outside uh, barter town is busy and uh, seems like there's a few patrons downstairs having having uh, breakfast, but you're actually arranged to meet someone from the commission here on a uh, uh, on a rush mission, uh, to say you know for a, for lack of a better term there. What do you do? Yeah, I think he 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 sits up and he gives the he gives the largest largest yawn ever, you know, like full extension of jaw. And then as you see him uh, as you see him stand, uh, I'm not going to. Uh, I have an idea for appearance, but I'm not going to reveal that yet. Okay. From from the hook, uh, from the hook behind the door, he pulls, you know, regular outfit, pretty usual outfit. But then, of course, over the outfit, he places his armor because, you know, he he's being what he is in the world he lives in. He 
as a habit, wears it pretty much everywhere, almost everywhere. And then over the uh, over the out over the armor, he will place a very a very simple uh, dark green robe with a with a hood, uh, which he'll pull up. Uh, then after this, he will, of course, the final uh, final object to go onto this ensemble is he does have a belt with a sheath, where he will carry his principal weapon, which he will hide un- or place under the uh, under the rope. Um, he is currently, he's got everything done, and then he just checks it, kind of, does a, does a couple looks. Proper? Yes. And, yeah, then he'll leave, uh, <laughs> hey, he's, he, appearance matters. Appearance matters to him. Appearance, showmanship, flair, it all, it all matters, okay? Everything, appearance every- always matters with your characters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's okay, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then he will, uh... I believe he'll just exit the room and uh, head downstairs toward the delicious smells of breakfast. Because uh, as he's as he's going, I think he'll just take in this huge breath. Ah, oh, it's a great day to be alive. And he goes on. Thravik, are you sharing the same room or just the room next door? Probably just the room next door, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have such an elaborate uh, wake-up uh, ritual, or just uh... not really? No, he's uh, he's pretty efficient about it. I think he um, I think he gets up, you know, rolls out of bed, throws on his clothes and his armor, and I don't think he even worries about looking in a mirror. He just throws on his stuff and goes on downstairs. And he probably even beats uh, he probably even beats uh, Saliak at that point because I think they probably get up at about the same time. But his uh, routine is a little bit shorter. I think yeah, you you approach down there first, and you see Tabitha, who's the the barma- barmaid, but she also runs the place. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a older dwarf, got bright red hair that's actually tied up in a tall bun that's like as big as a helmet, oh, wow. and uh, <laughs> heavy accent. And she's got huge thick arms, and actually you can see uh, from her bare arms that she's got tattoos that show mm-hmm. that Ooh. she was probably part of one of the air forces of uh, Barsave. You don't know of which one. Hold on a second. Did you say Air Force? Yes, for the uh, one yeah. of the air, like there are, there are air sailors and there are um, so you're cool. actually in so cool. an air sailor tavern. That is that actually is so really cool. awesome. That, that is awesome. great. <laughs> that is amazing. You're in the Wobbly Wavern, which is the unofficial tavern of the air sailors of the Open Sky Company. That's nice. so cool. <laughs> that is so amazing. Unofficial watering hole. Yeah. And. Um, she will uh, come up to you and say, "Well, what do you have for today? Breakfast, bye." Well, uh, what's your uh, what's your specialty uh, today, or uh, how special, or wh- whatever you have that uh, is a little bit more uh, special? Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, how about some asparagus eggs? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, some eggs coming up. How about you, pretty boy? Uh, she looks over at uh, Sally. Uh. <laughs> Well, actually, I think when she when she looks, I think she's she's expecting to see to see a face, but then the the hood the hood is up, so she's kind of peering, and then he, but then he um he kind of with a with a very with a very obvious like flourish, he pulls the hood back and he shakes his head, and then he looks at her and he says, "I think I'll be going with a with a classic today uh, of a bacon and egg. Yes, yes, good hearty, good hearty meal that bacon and egg." And she'll shake her head too, and <laughs> in somewhat mocking fashion. And then uh, can I say something right. really quick? Yeah, I don't think it went exactly like this, but like in my head when Wesley was talking about like, the obvious flourish and stuff, all I could see is him like pulling back his hood. And, like, does he have long hair or short hair? Oh yeah, probably long the hair. The hair right? flip with yeah. like the anime like sparkle. He's yeah. an, yes, he is an elf. He has he has longish hair. Yep. Yeah. So Long, like in my hair. own mind, I know it maybe didn't happen this way, but it looked like this was a movie, and it was like a funny movie. It'd be the whole the slow like, motion, you know, the slow whip yeah. the hair out, and like you said, the anime sparkly like turns to the side, looks at her, tells her, they just yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I imagine. That's exactly what I. Imagined. I don't know why, but I'm imagining Legolas doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, exactly he is. Going through my head. He, no, d- d- please do not compare. He is. He is. He is. He is <laughs> yeah, not the yeah. same. Wow. Like okay. I said, it wasn't necessarily fair. That just went through my brain. Like I'm not trying to say that's exactly what happened. I mean, I appreciate Legolas. He's say. awesome, but not related. Not related. <laughs> we we all know about how much you hate his shield surfing. It's okay. I do not. Yes. I do not. The shield surfing. The shield surfing is acceptable. In the later movies, it gets crazy. Just, just saying. <laughs> uh, so anyways. Why don't we go next with, we're going to shift over to Susanna's character. Hi. 
Where? Now, what's your character's name, by the way? Let's start with Mixie. that. Mixie. Mixie Bramblefoot. Brambleroot. Mm. Nixie, like with an N? Nixie, Mixie, not Mixie. with an M. Okay. With an M as an M. And what is Mixie? Mixie is a windling. What's a windling? Um, kind of like a pixie. <laughs> yeah. I'm a 16 inch tall uh, female creature that is wearing this strange like scale armor that takes up like, it's like four scales. <laughs> 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 this like cloak that's made of scales and, and uh, yeah. I, uh, I also have uh, dragonfly wings. Ooh, that's cool. Where do you think Mixie might hang out in town when she's in Barter Town? Oh boy. What kind of areas do, does Mixie like to? Does she like bars? Does she, you know, and, uh, does she prefer? Hmm. The other question would be, does she prefer to go Is into the Kingdom of Thrall, where things are a bit more? Yeah, so you prefer the Kingdom of Thrall then? So, Probably. which is you're just outside the the gates of, and uh, so, or sorry, Barter Town is right outside the gates of. So yeah, why don't we open up in the Kingdom of Thrall, okay. and that you're in uh, the museum uh, just adjacent to the Great Library of Thrall. I would say maybe you're in the the Museum of the Scourge, and this is a museum that um, aims to preserve um, the history and heritage of those who lived underground and who lived through the Scourge and how they lived through the Scourge and a monument to those who did not survive it and cares that did not make it. Uh, cares and citadels, there was actually another type of uh, location you could also have citadels, which were cities or small towns that had wards around them uh, as well. Those are a little more, a little less common. And um, I think uh, you probably have a connection with folks at this museum. Would that make sense? Because I know what yes, your background is. A connection. Yeah. Indeed. So your connection, we'll just say, is another windling. This uh, windling's name is Diz. Diz. Uh, Diz is a wizard. Uh -huh. And what are you? Uh, a wizard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Another wizard. So Diz is a fellow wizard, and she uh, perhaps uh, sees you for the first time in a while uh, perusing um, the museum, and you hear off in the distance, Mixie! And it's the familiar <laughs> scream of your, I don't know, acquaintance, maybe friend, Diz, this overly dramatic wizard uh, who you know works for the Thralic Commission uh, for the Study of Horror Activity. Diz! Hi! How are you? Where you've been? Oh, I've I've been around. I'm trying to. I've been looking for this um this music box. Oh, what uh what's the name of it? Oh gosh, I don't think it has a particular name, but I've been told that it's this this beautiful like a uh, blue sort of um it's like scaled. It's got scales on the outside of it, and and it's got like gold inlay on the outside. And if you open it up, it makes this beautiful noise. It's like a it's like a magic thing, I think. Um, but I have someone that's Ooh. that's really interested in it. So I've I've just been kind of looking, and I was I figured I would come by here and I would look at all of the music boxes in here and see if I can get an idea what it might look like. Oh, that sounds neat. Uh, are you are you still looking for work? Because I remember last time you you were doing a lot of side jobs, right? Well, I could always take on a little something else. Well, because uh, uh, the commission, we're, we're, we're looking for some adepts for something. Uh, just came up to today. Well, yesterday, technically. It, it, it's kind of up to your alley, I think. It's an old care. Oh. Oh, tell tell me more. There's, I, I don't know a ton, but there's uh, some folks meeting at the uh, the Wobbly Wavern. It's this, like, old air sailor pub in uh, Barter Town later today. Oh, the Wobbly Wavern. Yeah, I think I've been there before. Like 10 a.m., I think it is, and that's uh, yeah, two hours from now. Oh, well, yeah, I would definitely be interested in seeing that. Uh, do, do you know my associates' names? Uh, I know Jaxorus will be there. Uh, she ah. she works, uh, she's one of the one of the heads of the uh, commission, and uh, I don't know, she was in quite a tizzy yesterday, and uh, yeah, she, she really needs some add-ups to, to go out there. I don't know what's going on, but like, you know, if Jaxrus is a little worried, I'm yeah, and a little rushed, that's different. Uh, so that's it might be high paying. Yes. It'll probably pay very well. Wow. I, I can tell you it definitely will pay very well. And she's like doing the little money sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mixie gets this like big smile on her face and she kind of like floats up and, and uh, flies a couple of feet off the ground and it's like, well, uh, I will be definitely very interested in that. Excellent. So, uh, tell me anything new. Any gossip or anything? And I'm actually going to 
you know, cut there from that scene, and I imagine you two might have a little uh, gossip oh, yes. session Let about other windlings. <laughs> uh, more mile I a love minute. Her already. Yeah, she's fun. I was thinking of we're going to fast forward a little bit in time here. Mitz, uh, actually, I'm going to go again to Mixie, but say, um, how do you, how do you think like when you're done chatting with uh, Diz? You just kind of head straight there, or you got any other plans along the way? No, I would probably spend a little bit more time in this in this museum, just kind of looking around, kind of seeing what's new, and trying to find like, oh, maybe something that I brought in one time, and just seeing how how they managed to clean it up and make it look good. And I'll probably go to like if there's like a, an equivalent of a coffee shop, I'll probably go there for a little while and uh, yeah. pull out a little like a little notebook and kind of make some notes and jot down some thoughts that I've had while I'm in the museum. You know, the Kingdom of Thrall, there's a lot of different things you can get there. Uh, definitely would be somewhere that has something the equivalent of coffee. If you, you uh, nest imagining a windling on, co- a windling on coffee, that's a whole <laughs> yeah. other thing. It's oh decaf, don't worry. <laughs> I just like the taste. But uh, I imagine later on, you're probably going to head up to Barter Town. You're going to follow some of the underground roads into there. The, the underground kingdom is huge. It, pr- it pretty much has its own weather under there. It's so big. And um, there are tons and tons of people coming in and out of the, the, the gates. Um, you can even pick up some, you know, various foods and fruits from all over uh, Bar Save as you head up there. There's just every uh, name-giving race here. There are dwarves. There are obviously tons of dwarves. There are elves. There are humans. Um, they're Tuscraying, and there are Obsidimen. Um, Obsidimen being these large rock-like beasts uh, that are humanoid in shape, but they are very rough-skinned and look pretty much like living rock. And there's a few fellow windlings. There's not a ton because they're a little more rare. And, and there's probably hard trolls to see. around and just everyone here. And um, you're going to basically have to go down the, the main... Uh, there's kind of a main street to, to Barter Town where... There's lots of little shops and stands and things like that. And the place you've been given directions to, it's kind of a side street off a side street and a side alley off of the red alley. And you'll notice that there's this sign outside of it with the what looks to be an off-kilter wavern. You think this might be um, the one you're looking for. What is a wavern? That is kind of like a dragon-like creature with feathers, I believe. Oh, uh, okay, cool. It's a variant on dragon. Uh, I thought you you had meant to say wyvern the first time, but then you kept saying wyvern. Sorry, there are different pronunciations, and I never know which one is correct. Oh, Uh, I never never know if it's wyvern or wyvern. I like wyvern because I feel like it's a a pun of, like, wobbly way and then, like, the (laughs) way. I like like Uh, like the wobbly Okay, yeah. The Wobbly Wyvern. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like it's supposed Wyvern. to be like the street is like Wobbly Way, and then they made a pun with the dragon name. Yes, perfect. <laughs> That's what I that. <laughs> That's it. That's uh, it yeah, all right. Then I will um, I will go in and um, kind of stand in front of the door and gear up, and then run into the door full force and try to push it open. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, door, doors, door design in uh, Bar Save must be interesting because Windling's got to be able to somehow open these things. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like those are practical things. They like have like a, a, like cuckoo, a cuckoo clock door. size door <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere. In I, the, I, yeah, there's going to be like a bottom that door place, that's not as hard to push open. <laughs> I feel like it has a higher up door. There's actually like, it's almost like a pet door, but it's higher up. Yeah, yeah, so we can actually flying. get through. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that, you know, pet, so rats and stuff don't come in, but windlings can because they can fly you up can and fly, just open yes. a thing and go in. So, yeah, I'd never thought about door design in Bar Save, but now I've done that. And that's great. There you go. You enter in, and this place is, I, I want to describe it as kind of kitschy when it comes to air sailing. There are, like, there's a, a few different helms on the wall. Rather, uh, you know, lots of pieces of, uh, fa- you know, supposed famous airships, carvings of, like, um, you know, wood carvings of airships, actually maybe some of the, uh, those scale models of, of airships. And uh, just to give a sense of what do airships look like in Barsafe, they look like, and actually they're named Drakkar, it's a, Drakkar is a lot of them, so they look like Viking ships. Oh, they have the oars so cool. even. And uh, the cool. oars, uh, it's a magical design of a kind of a like-for-like design of magic where uh, you design an airship just like you would design a, you know, say a, a vessel that would sail through water, uh, except you enchant it magically. And you're now sailing through air, and you're actually rowing through air, and things like that. 
So Very imagine cool. uh, they look a lot like Viking vessels, basically, if you want to think of it that way. Can I make a really quick aside? Yeah, we have to. Yeah. I have to. So I uh, I go to Guam for work sometimes, and oh. there's... um th- So people who go on submarines, they like to call themselves submariners instead of submariner, because submariner just sounds stupid. <laughs> so there is a submariner bar on Guam called the Horse and Cow, and there's actually another one. The original one is on the West Coast, and... Basically, it's just like they have all of this paraphernalia from people on submarines that have stopped over in Guam. So they have like banners with like all these sailors' (laughs) names signed on it. They have like wooden like carved signs with like submarine names on them. They just have a bunch of like submarine paraphernalia. That's it's really like exactly cool. what you just described, but yeah. in real oh, life. But nice. for real life, it was, <laughs> that's awesome. like, cool. that, that instantly popped to so my mind. So the second you said it. it's yeah. kitschy and it, and you started to describe it, I, I immediately was tapping it. I was like, it's the horse and cow. It's, it's the, the horse, horse and cow. cow. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. They they are like that, but with like real submarine paraphernalia, which is just awesome. I love it. Yeah, so. it's great. So yeah. So now I'm imagining that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And, uh, you know, there's also, it'll say, some artwork on the walls that's, like, not great. It's, like, <laughs> not as bad that you would think this person was tainted by the horrors. Because there are some people <laughs> who think that uh, if you get horror tainted, you're, you become very bad at your artisan skills. But it's not uh, great. It's just <laughs> kitschy artwork. Yeah. And um, there are not many people left in here at this time. I think um, Thravek and Saliak have stuck around because they know they're meeting someone later. So you see in front of uh, you in this fairly empty uh, place um, the dwarven barmaid uh, Tabitha and you see a dwarf and an elf at a table together. Maybe this will be a good opportunity for them to describe how their characters look. My character is of average dwarf height. He's about four feet tall. Um, He's pretty young. He's 60 so he's past adulthood but he's not like super old or anything and dwarves live a long time in this yeah uh, this world yeah so 60 is like what early middle age i think so yeah it's like basically he is like not like a young buck but he is definitely not that old yet either like you said pretty much you know early middle age i think is definitely what i was thinking he's got uh auburn hair braided and a nice big long braided auburn beard he's got these like piercing green eyes just very um, like bright green, not like a dark green. So. And uh, Saliak, what what do you look like? Uh, yes, sitting there across from him is uh, Saliak, probably um, markedly uh, markedly higher because he is um, he's about uh, he's in the upper reaches for elf height. He's uh, just over six feet. He's actually. Uh, based on their uh, based on their longevity, he's considered very young. He's con- he's currently 27 years old, uh, which in wow. in the wow. space of elves is extremely is really young. young. He is baby. <laughs> he's a baby. He's very very young as far as elves go. That explains go. his attitude. <laughs> and yeah, in uh, in uh, Earth Dawn, elves live 300 300 or years, years or something oh, like geez. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a baby. But but he's also the I think he's also going to be the top. Possibly, I don't know about other characters, but so far he's also the tallest one there. You always bring up height. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just interesting and dynamic to me about about heights for character. Anyway, um, yeah, you'll you'll see um, long uh, longish, uh, very dark, like ra- uh, raven raven black, dreamly black hair. About down to the if you were standing, about down to the middle of his back. He has very long hair. He also has uh, his his skin. Um, he's clean shaved. He doesn't have any facial hair, but his uh, his skin tone is rather rather unique because I I read up on the skin tones and there were so many different options and I was like um, he's like um, imagine like caramel and honey sort of coloring is his uh, is his complexion and then his uh, his eyes if um, Andrew's character could probably see from here depending on the lighting uh, they might become obvious because his um, his eyes are actually silver. He's uh, both both his eyes are this shifting silvery Ooh. color. Cool. Nifty. And uh, what about Mixie? Um, what do this pair see come in through the windling door <laughs> of the pub? <laughs> yeah. So you see a uh, very small creature. Obviously, she has short pink hair. I don't know what color windling's hair normally is. It is whatever they blend into. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. they have uh, <laughs> hair that can they can camouflage themselves, their hair and um, skin, but it's not like an instant thing. It's like you got to hang around those places for a while. Yeah, so that's right. Wanna, so it is currently you pink, wear a pink. So I don't know where you she came from. You can wear a pink hat for a long pink, time, but it's currently pink. 
Uh, it hasn't Maybe you were wearing changed. a pink hat for a long time. <laughs> I might have been yeah. wearing yeah. a pink hat. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe someone gave me a tiny wizard hat that I and I wore until it got like blown off a somewhere. Tiny pink wizard hat. I love. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she has um she has pink hair and kind of like nut brown uh, skin and uh, purple eyes. Ooh. Very nice. And uh, again, she is wearing this um this kind of cloak made from scales that are, it just looks awkward on her because they're so big. So I'm going to get um Andrew and um. Wesley to both make the first roll of the first game. roll of the uh, game. Both doing uh, awareness checks, which if you don't have the talent called awareness or skill named awareness, then it will be straight perception. And maybe I can take this moment to describe what this all means too. So Earth Dawn uses what they call a step system. Um, this means that um, maybe well, let's take an example. Andrew, what is uh, your role step going to be? My step for awareness is 11. Okay. So when you roll an 11, does it have on there what you actually roll? Because I don't remember that one off the yeah, top. I of roll a d10 and a d8. Okay. So you roll a d10 and a d8. Now, if you are rolling a step 12, for example, one more higher, you'd be rolling two d10s. Hmm. And how this system works is 11 as a number, represents the average result you would expect from that roll. So at uh, step 10, I believe, is D10 plus D6. Step 11 is D10 plus D8. Step 12 is D10, D10. Uh, the whole system is based on that, where basically there are two more possible results as you go up each. So uh, the system starts at like a D4 to D6 to D8 to D10 to D12. And we're having D8, a computer and so on. do this for us. Yes. 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 So we're doing this uh, with roll 20, which is great because nobody has to sit there going, thinking, okay, this plus this plus this, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. it's one of those things that's a little more difficult on a one shot, but when you're doing a campaign, it can get really exciting to, to use all those dice because this mm -hmm. system uses all of the dice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You get to use all of your dice. That's awesome. So why don't we start with your awareness checks? Oh, not very good. I rolled a one and a four, so that is a five. Oof. All right. So no, I do not have uh, I do not have that as my talent. Okay. Do you have it as a skill? I kind of doubt it, but just <laughs> nope. I do not have it as well. a skill Check. either. All right. So you are rolling your perception step then, because this is what is called a defaultable skill. Uh, so it's just uh, if you don't have it, you're rolling raw. Four. All right. So five and four. I'm gonna say that. The two of you are probably more focused on your food. own um, sitting or yeah, food. And you've probably been sitting around here for a while, maybe having a little conversation as uh, the wind link comes in. Uh, Mixie, what do you do? You see these two folks chatting with each other and the barmaid on the other side. Um, I probably look around for a second and then I, I don't know who I'm supposed to go meet. So I'm going to go wander over to the barmaid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what will you be having, little miss? Oh, hi. I was wondering if uh, there was anyone here by the name of Jaxrus? Ooh, Jaxrus. Uh, she might be uh, coming in later, I guess. Um, I haven't seen her in a while, but maybe. Uh, oh. She doesn't frequent here, but once in a while when she uh, commissions someone. Oh, uh, okay. Then, um, uh, do you have milk? Milk? Uh, she looks at you strangely. <laughs> uh, I guess so. She goes behind the bar, uh, finds something. Looks like milk. You think it's milk. <laughs> you think it's milk Great. who knows <laughs> can, can you put some honey in it do you have honey oh yeah I definitely have honey and then she goes under and gets this old jar of honey and kind of scrapes it in it's it's definitely somewhat sol semi-solid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gets a spoon and stirs it in and there you are we lass oh, thank you. Uh, I'd imagine she probably uh, stirs this in like a shot glass um, yeah probably because <laughs> Probably the you, smallest you have. Do you have a thimble I can borrow? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as as this is happening, um, Sally, yes. you notice there's a windling at the bar. You're just kind of, you know, in your conversation or something. And I don't know how often you encounter windlings. Probably not too frequently, but there's one that just asked for Jaxrus. You just heard over there while you were having that little conversation. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I... Jaxrus is the person you're looking for, too. Oh. Waiting for. Okay. All right. Um, I think he will just... Just to his eating companion, he he glances over and sees this windling, and he kind of says a, a, a bit a bit under his breath. Seems we are not the only ones looking for Jackson. Hmm? And he points. 
or the bar. And I, I just kind of, I picture this in my head that um, my back is to the bar and you can see the bar. So I think uh, Thravik looks over his shoulder. He's just like, oh, um, a windling, huh? Don't see very many of those. Rather curious, yes. Well, uh, you know, we should uh, should see what she's like. Have her, uh, have her over. She's also looking for Daxtrous. Uh, yeah, I think he, he, he looks at him and he says, yes, I, I agree. I think he just stands up and and starts to starts to walk straight over because he's subtlety to him is to be used on proper occasion, but this is not one of them. He's like, we need to know, and and this is this is new, so he's just gonna walk right over. And uh, would you like to use one of your talents? I believe you have first impression. I do, yes, and so. Uh, <laughs> this um... In this system, there are two kinds of uh, abilities you get. Uh, two main kinds. There are others, but the, there are two main kinds. There are skills, and skills represent just things people can do, normal things. Read and write language, speak language. Even first impression can be a skill. Um, but as an adept, you get talents, and talents are when skills are magically enhanced and pushed. And so sword masters, this is one of the things that they get other disciplines do as well, but I know that um, Saliak has this, and so we're going to do a first impression roll. It's actually PC versus PC, which is going to be fun, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, what do I roll? <laughs> Don't do that very often. You actually just have a social defense. Oh, and so this okay. is another unique thing in the system, that there is a physical defense, a mystic defense, and a social defense. He's attacking you socially. Yeah. Oh. Yes, so this is a social attack. This is social why I don't attack. go out in public. <laughs> you have a low social defense? I do. Yeah, I like, very low. <laughs> I, I, I like to treat these as uh, somewhat narrative roles, too. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. how well it does, and then maybe we can represent that in For the conversation. For clarification, I like that. me, Hannah, has a low social yeah, defense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... But but since this is a talent, you're using dice, so you don't use step for this, do you? You step, yeah. Yeah. There step. is step dice with uh, your talent, so it should be there on the the action step, I believe it's called, or action dice. Yeah, it's um it's a regular die and then and then plus a certain number. So I believe your first impression is step eleven. So yes, you're I have basically rolling a D ten D eight. I got to roll that for awareness, but I rolled like garbage. Oh jeez. <laughs> it was like my best stat. Perception is my best stat, and I was very bad. Oh, under bonus, it's still zero, right? You don't still add zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just, just assume it'll normally be bonus. Unless you want to spend karma, you can. But uh, ooh, no. twelve. All right. Ooh. So it beats it. Beats it. What is Mixie's social defense? Twelve. It is twelve. Oh. So meets wow. it does beat it in this case. Ah. So uh, you ah, this what the effect that has uh, um, mechanically? Uh, normally, this is against game master characters, but the idea is that this would raise uh, your kind of impression level the person going from something called neutral to friendly or friendly to impre you know loyal or loyal to a completely enamored kind of thing so um, <laughs> maybe this brings you from a neutral to a friendly kind of category okay. so wesley why don't you throw in what, what your um what kind of flair you would like to introduce yourself with uh yeah i think he'll uh, i think he'll step um i think he'll step up and he 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 looks at her he just uh he does a kind of a bow at the waist. It's not not often I have seen a windling such as yourself, miss. Well met. Well met. He bows and he steps up and he says, please, uh, do uh, do forgive me for, for eavesdropping, but uh, couldn't help over here and you were looking for somebody. Would I be correct? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I'm uh, looking for Jaxrus. Ah, nice how coincidental. Do you know Jaxrus? Uh, well, uh, she, she is an acquaintance, you could say, an acquaintance. And he, um, I think he'll, he'll just, he'll just reach out very, very friendly. She. He'll, tr he'll just very delicately reach out and, and, like, with two fingers, I think, to, to, to see if she'll, uh, if she'll shake hands. Yeah, I, I shake your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, like, you'll oh grab with two hands? And yeah, both hands. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Cause I couldn't grip it the way. Just for just for flair, um, um, after the initial meeting of nice to meet you, I think uh, Bravak might not understand because um, I think just for sense of sense of impressiveness, uh, Saliak has lapsed into windling. He, he because I believe he is able to speak the language. So oh nice. Uh, yeah, Let's so see I think if I have that one too. Let me see. Hold on. Oh, a no second. wonder I like you so much. You guys. Uh, all these so languages I know too. That's actually <laughs> that's actually one of the very few that I don't know. Oh, 
So then, yes, I don't know what the language sounds like, but I, I'm guessing that he's just seeing them just conversing very, very casually in this strange language. You know that sound cats make when they see their prey? Ah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's the what chirping. we... we uh, the chirping. That's what yes. my Griffith said. The, the, the little sounds. chirping noise. Oh, yeah. I've always thought that it sounded like that. I so love cute. that. I love that too. <laughs> I think that's how you make such a good first impression too. Is yeah. That you speak in the language and so on. And as you're having this discussion, um, Hannah, I will get to your character in a no, moment. No, you're fine. But, don't worry. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I, I, I have an idea for there. Um, just to give you a hint that I'm this excited. isn't you entering right now. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> you hear behind you the door opening, and um, for anyone who looks, you see this Tuskrang woman. So Tuskrang are, uh, think of a combination between kind of a lizardish, reptilish person with more of a kind of pterodactyl head. Ooh. Uh, is kind of a way to describe nice. them. Uh, long yeah, tail. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, they're awesome. So she has very iridescent blue hue to her scales, and um, she's wearing ornate green and reddish robes and kind of exuding a very calm and kind of regimented uh, demeanor to her. And you hear from across the room, Greetings, Miss Tabitha, as she bows politely to the barmaid. And you hear Tabitha yell across, Poached aids on your way, Miss Jaxrus now sits your love and tails down and gets your tails down before you class up the place too much, you hear? And um, she kind of smiles and goes and sits down and um, gestures uh, all of you over to the table and says, Ah, so you are some of my adepts. And she looks around and, Are any of you air sailors? Nope. Met a bunch of them. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Uh, I, I am not. I have, I have seen. I have seen them. <sighs> seen them, but not, uh, not myself. Not, uh, not one of my particular specialties. Uh, I, I must say, uh, grounds kind of more my thing. Oh. I was supposed to be an air sailor here. I mean, this is an air sailor pub. You'd think there'd be one here, but uh, there, that was one supposed to be here. Ah, <sighs> running late, I guess. You would think with the technology to fly across Barsave, they would be on time. And um, <laughs> Oh, I, I have never expected that of air sailors. <laughs> and you'll hear a grumble before, behind the bar as Tabitha <laughs> makes a hmm <laughs> <laughs> sound. <laughs> and um, Hannah, how would you like to enter? As dramatically as possible. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, go, go ahead and describe your entrance. If she is running late, she's probably just gonna give the door a kick. If it swings inward, she's just gonna kick it right open and tumble on in in dramatic fashion. <laughs> and uh, what does your character look like? Yeah, so I am actually also a Tuskrang, so like the kind of reptilian dinosaur type creature. Um, her color, like her skin tone is like a soft yellow, um, but when it reaches her head, it goes to like sunset colors. So it's like mm. red and then purple and then pink. And Ooh. once it reaches like her head crest and she, her artisan skills body painting. So she has these intricate <laughs> like gold patterns painted all over her skin. <laughs> Cool. So Whoa, uh, okay. she is wow. dressed in like black clothes with gold trim and she has the same kind of cloak actually as a mixie. Um, it's like the blue scaly, very shiny cloak. But it fits you better. But it fits me because I am five foot ten. <laughs> I'm nice. sorry, five nine. I'm five nine. <laughs> and um, wait, wait, do you say anything as you enter? Um... I don't think so at first. I think she just kind of looks around. And she has orange eyes, by the way. So Ooh. she's looking around with these very like piercing orange eyes and is looking to see if anyone's looking at her. <laughs> Jaxorus is definitely looking at you and she looks at you and says, Tardy, are you? I hope you pay more respect to practicing your discipline than you do to the appointments you take. I arrive exactly when I mean to. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, I thought Mixie was the wizard. <laughs> she shakes her head. Oh, uh, and uh, you are Quinemea. Quinemea, Quinemea. And here's a question for you, Hannah. Are you notorious in any way? Am I notorious? <laughs> are you a pirate? Probably, How? yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Jax is going to look visibly annoyed at hearing this and start cursing kind of softly and go, oh, the commission got me a friggin' pirate, didn't they? Oh, you were the best they could get on last notice, I'm guessing. Uh, what did they What did they offer you? A, uh, a pardon for your last um, adventure, is it? Well, we should probably keep the details, you know, vague. Put it mm -hmm. that way. Ah, uh, fine. I guess we should all introduce each other. And there is, um, there is one more who is supposed to be here, but he is also late. Anyways, um, look, looks around at each of you and goes, "Well, I know you're a swordmaster." Just looks at, um, looks at Saliak. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh, what are you? Third, fourth circle? What? What? How? How far are you? I I happen to be a swordmaster of the fourth circle. If you if you must. I have studied the ways of the blade for uh, <laughs> many, many, many years. Okay. And um, you? Looks at the dwarf. I'm uh, I'm a weaponsmith of the fourth circle as well. Good, good. Strong adepts. I like this. Um, hmm. She looks at Kinemea and goes, <laughs> You're not an air sailor, are you? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. A sky raider. I am I a sky raider, my dear. Yes, of the fourth circle. Well, that's at least you're not a troll, I guess. Yeah, you're not <laughs> one of the Highland uh, crystal raiders or anything, so there is that. As uh, as Jaxtrus and Kinemay are going back and forth, I think uh, Thravet kind of like leans over towards Saliak and kind of just whispers to him, like kind of nodding towards Kinemay, and he just says, "I like her." Hmm. <laughs> I think I think that I think he's got a I think he kind of bends down to here and then he says agreed which one do you think is going to win and ah. I, I think just in res in response uh, oh, in response I think um, he's he's figured out that everyone is a uh... actually he doesn't know Mixie's circle yet does he Mixie hasn't said her circle no okay and uh, Jaxus will probably look at uh, at um, Mixie and say and uh, you little one. Oh, well, I, I'm an archaeologist, uh, but I guess the thing you probably care about is that I'm a wizard of the fourth circle. Yes, well, the archaeologist actually helps. I needed to, I, I just needed to know, because for, for flavor, he, he, he says, it seems in total we are all worth uh, about 16 circles. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, I suppose, I'm not sure that's how that works, but uh, um, you said uh, archaeologist helps what you got going for us. Uh, well, uh, this other individual is supposed to be here isn't here yet and then you hear a uh, what you can best describe as just the loudest door opening entrance of the most boisterous individual you've ever heard so far <laughs> you're more boisterous than uh, Kinemea as this uh, human comes in wearing a very over the top outfit that definitely a, like a full cape and very elaborately ornate, ro not robes, but like a tunic and pants and a very fancy sword. And he announces himself as, It is I, Gent Scapperly, Swordmaster of the Fifth Circle, here for your service. <laughs> and you hear this kind of cheering coming from outside as if he has a little like, um, I don't know, groupies or Fancy something. entourage. <laughs> Uh, Do we know? Have we heard of this person before? <laughs> I want uh, Wesley to roll what's uh, called a half magic roll for a swordmaster, and this will be perception plus your circle. So take your perception step um, and add your circle, which is four. Yeah. And this is a yes. The name is Gent Scapperly, <laughs> just <laughs> as you wrote it there. <laughs> Fantastic. There, there it is. Ten, go. ten, and zero. Oh, a nine. Mm. Yeah, a nine is good enough to have heard. And I'm going to maybe assume be very annoyed by this individual. Uh. I don't know. I don't want to presume your character's reaction. Well, but this is one of the most over the top and probably most overblown people you have ever heard of. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Saliak believes in the he believes in the discipline. He believes in the in the show, the flair, but he believes in using it at the proper moments for the most <laughs> <laughs> he he believes in it when it when it's most advantageous, not twenty four seven all the time, which this guy seems to be a fan of. Yes, he he is well known to have what an equivalent of groupies following him around everywhere. Oh um, no! He, he always has a an audience 
Except when out on adventures and he comes back with a great story and he's always he's got, got Oliver. A, a, <laughs> yes, he's, he's always got a. Yeah. All right, well, now he's got I'm a following. imagining Oliver wearing yeah. plate mail. Imagine <laughs> Oliver as a swordmaster. Oh, that's yeah, great. I, I think. Um, Excellent. Excellent. I think as he is walking towards us after announcing himself so ostentatiously, Saliak will just lean back towards the others and say, Everyone, watch yourselves around this one. He's more fluffed up than a peacock. <laughs> That's great. And uh, you'll hear from Jax Riss. Okay, enough, enough. Let's let's get down to the uh, the mission at hand here. I, um, well, we 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 have a uh, a situation that needs immediate attention. Um, have any of you uh, ever heard of um, Care Flaxworth or? the village of Flaxworth upon Emerald before. Have we? Your characters would not have heard of this. Wait, was that Except the... maybe, maybe Hannah's character, actually. I, I have don't... a skill in geography, I think. Yeah, so... Oh, do you really? I actually have a quick question, too, just to... Was that the one that Saliak and Thravak heard in their minds when they were leaving the in the prologue? Um, that's if they, if that was you, then oh, that is if what that was they us. Heard. Okay. If that was you, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if we were meant to say that or not. <laughs> you, you, you're presuming, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I have a knowledge in geography skill. Yeah, it's not a name that Thravak or Saliak would recognize, and actually, very specifically, would not recognize. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Okay, got it. I just wanted to be sure I was uh, presuming a bit because uh, I knew we already knew each other, so. Yeah, it's just trying to blank for you. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Hannah, what was your character? What did your character have there? Um, geography? She has a skill, like a knowledge skill in geography. Okay, why don't we roll that? Okay. And this, uh, I'm going to say the difficulty on this is 10. Okay, my step for this is 8. Yeah, so let's roll a step 8. I got a five, so no. Okay. <laughs> I do not. Know. So, on a five, um, yeah, it's not a not a place you've heard of, although you have heard of the Emerald River. So okay. you might imagine that this is something involving the Emerald River, okay. which is a tributary of the Servos River, okay. which is the main river going through the Servos jungle. Well, uh, we, and Jaxus will say, there is this care uh, there, care Flaxworth. It, um, it did not survive the scourge. Well, let's just say that bluntly. But it was also plundered, as she kind of looks at <laughs> Quinlea. Quinamea. <laughs> mm. Okay. Quinamea. As she yeah. looks at <laughs> as she cute. looks at Quinamea. Yeah. And Wixie um, might blush a little too. <laughs> yeah, probably as well. And she might also look at the archaeologist slightly by uh, various adepts over the decades after the scourge. But um, it has a strange history. It. Uh, there was a time when, um, let's just say it, a cult moved in there for a bit uh, after the Scourge to live in there for a while. It didn't last long. And then uh, during the Second Theron War, uh, about ten years ago, there was a, a, a commune of sorts. Those who decided they didn't want to be part of society and the war going on didn't want to support the Throlic War. Uh, but since then, um, there's been a new initiative there. A uh, and the commission has been supporting it uh, to uh, set up a kind of museum in there. We want to set up an actual care as a museum. Ooh. And this might actually interest Mixie a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what kind of museum? Uh, well, a museum of the scourge. Um, we want to show what it was like to live in a care uh, for those who, you know, I, there are those every day leaving cares, but there are those who left the cares a hundred years ago. So uh, imagine that there will be a time when no one... Uh, is living who remembers it and we would love to have uh, a monument to that and so we we have um, supported the building of a small village outside of it as well to support this but um we haven't heard uh from anyone there in a while oh. and we're a, a little concerned um a package arrived yesterday and um she pulls out um a uh i will say a pouch and um out of this pouch she pulls out this extremely dark marble. In fact, light doesn't seem to reflect off it very well. And it's just the size of a marble, effectively a marble. And I want, um, I think I'm gonna get a Mixie to roll half magic, a wizard half magic, so perception-based, to roll your perception plus circle. Okay. 21. 
Whoa, okay. Wow. On A, Whoa. you got exploding dice on yeah. this on step 11. So you got 21, so you got extra success. So I'm going to give you a little hint here. You're really interested about this because you're a wizard and this looks really fascinating. The fact that it just doesn't seem to reflect light and being a windling, you're super curious. But also being a windling, you naturally have astral sight. Uh -huh. You yes, might want to turn that on and take a look at it. I will do that. Ooh. So roll astral sight. All right. So windlings uh, are the only race that has an innate talent. All of them have, whether they're a wizard or not. Wizards all also get astral sight, but um, windlings get astral sight naturally. And they, what allows them to do is basically see into astral space with their eyes. And so her eyes are going to begin glowing. You'll take a point of strain though. So you'll have to take one point of damage for doing this. 13. On a step seven, you got 13. That is good enough to see something very, very curious to you. There is a, in astral space, first of all, it is rather disturbing what you see. It is like someone has taken the pattern and this is how you see astral space. Every living being has a pattern there. It is like someone has taken a pattern and compressed it down into uh, a ball, a tiny ball hmm. of some kind of name giver. But there is also a slight thread going off of it. And that thread is connected to Saliac. And that thread is connected to Thravak. And there's also a thread between the two of them as well, which you can recognize as a group pattern, which means these two are traveling companions who have blood sworn to each other. And I think we're going to end it there. Oh, oh God. man. Oh, 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 I'm very curious. Awesome. Ah! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? I mm -hmm. know. <laughs>